podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Home sense. Why is it home sense? The prices make sense. Ooh, outdoor is in. Are those plates melamine? Pretty planters, pillows, lanterns. Pretty much everything outdoor. And the savings. What oh, makes sense to me now? Out save on outdoor. Find a store at homesense.com. Good evening, it is the day trip, it is a Monday night, it is our spiritual home, it's the forum, um, it's me Ray, your host this evening, and um, alongside me tonight of three uh, distinguished guests, uh, the first is one of the originals, Andy Young, how are you, do- how are you doing Andy? I'm good, I'm good, I'm uh, extra happy tonight with me, with me brand new flag behind Looking good, I see Mark. Yeah, delighted, brilliant. Uh, and that leads us into Mark. Mark, welcome. First time on um, homemadebanners.co.uk is your business, which uh, appears to be flourishing. So, how are you doing, Mark? Yeah, doing okay, thanks. Yeah, excellent, good stuff. And uh, we've got um, Mr. Fundraiser himself, we've got Shane Davro um, doing some sterling work, absolutely killing it, looking at these regular updates from all the boys who've been out there uh, fundraising for Kean. Um, and I think you've got a bit of a, a shout out and a bit of a thanks uh, for some donations that have some special donations that have come in this evening, Shane. Yeah, yeah, uh, listen. Just, I want to thank uh, Tayrock, uh, Tree Retro, and Manscaped. Really, um, well, started off thanking them because they dropped up some stuff uh, for myself, rest of the lads, um, some gifts, some jerseys, some watches, obviously some Manscaped stuff, and it's the lads are blown away. They, they, they're after being on to me before they come on. They want to, uh, want to thank all the lads and uh, the trippers as well, uh, because I know the uh, Gav has been behind an awful lot of it, so from myself and all the lads and really everyone that donated it was it was hard going for us but it's nothing to what the family are going through so uh thanks to everybody who donated uh these are all great that's it yeah being a break. i don't remember uh bob geldoff or uh freddie mercury getting prizes after their fundraising <laughs> oh, <laughs> i'm sure they got plenty but they didn't but they didn't close. they weren't they weren't advertised <laughs> I'm sure there was plenty back in the day that was uh that was going on but um Look, so we've um, we've got the usual, I guess, format tonight. We've got the the, the four topics. Um, there's a game that is still um, that is still going on. Um, I'm going to keep a I'm going to keep a, a lookout for comments just in case there's any late drama. There it was nil nil when I came on 
um, a short while ago. So it is a pretty, pretty crucial game. But um, we're going to cover. Um, uh, first up, we're going to cover Andy's topic, which is uh, which is uh, revolves around uh, Trent. Um, we'll then uh, cover uh, myself wanting to discuss uh, the kind of the the sort of the Punch and Judy that's now Punch and Judy show that's now becoming kind of Neville and Carragher, um, and a lot of tit for tat that seems to be going on, which is detracting from uh, the, the actual job that they paid for which is being a football pundit um we will um we'll discuss um the uh the front three and um and uh maybe some succession planning and uh, there's a lot of shouts for players who uh fans are, are keen maybe to come in and, and and move one or one or maybe two on uh in the not too distant future and then obviously mark we want to cover off uh, your um, your little uh, business uh, maybe big before too long, but we want to obviously cover some of the some of the stories and some of the um, some of the thoughts that have gone into some of the uh, some of the f- some of the banners and the flags um, that is absolutely um, now entrenched in 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 Liverpool fan culture. Uh, must be said, it's a big part of of who we are. Um, so uh, it's, it'll be great to get some insight from yourself as to where the ideas have come from and some of the uh, themes that obviously are starting to come in. And I'm sure there's some very creative things that, uh, that you can, that you can share with us. So um, good to have you all on boys. So we will go on to uh, Andy's topic um, and that's around Trent. Obviously he got us um, out of jail in some respects on, uh, on Saturday with that wonderful goal. Um, not the first time he's hit a screamer, but um, certainly in the context of what we've been through recently, uh, it, it was absolutely massive. It puts us right in the mix now for for top four. Um, so Andy Trent, a um, lot of shouts about where Trent should be used, should be deployed. He's obviously had some shaky games recently um, as a right back. Um, his England place effectively is 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 under threat because it seems that the manager has no confidence in his defending abilities and prefers other England defenders. Uh, where do you sit on Trent at the moment? Yeah, he's it it's he's been under the microscope lately. And look, I know we're we're adding to it now by talking about it as well still, but it just doesn't seem to want to go away to talk of Trent. He's been overanalyzed in every single game. He had a great game against Arsenal, not so good a game against um uh Real Madrid and then he had a good game at the weekend. But uh he's he's the kind of He's, there's such a microscope on it, and I think it's extremely unfair for a 22 year old um, and a 22 year old who's played in two European Cup finals and had two seasons uh, playing at right back um, uh, with over 95 points in the league and being a huge, hugely important part of that as well. And I'm not so worried about what the England fans are, t- are saying or the opposition fans are saying because I normally ignore them but what I what I would want to just bring up is just about our own fans and, and how our own fans see Trent and, and the idea of a movement moving into midfield I always remember when he was breaking onto the scene uh, there was a lot of discussion about him uh, moving in midfield I said you know you really see this player flourish once he moves into midfield but what we've seen is him establish himself as our right back um, playing effectively in midfield, you know. So all that all that talk all along about movement midfield was was pointless. I always thought because he practically does play in midfield. When we've got Henderson protecting uh, 
the um, protecting him on that side. And we've got Van Dijk in the team, or we've Matip or Gomez, and we're at full strength. Trent doesn't have to do a lot of defending. Uh, so a top team like Liverpool, when everything's going well, you don't need those defensive qualities. He isn't a conventional right-back. The game has evolved. Liverpool, their tactics have have become uh, like it, where they where our, our full-backs are, are creative players. So why people are talking all of a sudden now to move mid- midfield, which would move some good players out of midfield, Mm. Uh, and then we'd have to go and buy a, a player of Trent's quality that when we do get going again to play right back. It just makes little sense to me. Um, I think in the current Liverpool side right now, there's a lot of questions to be asked about his defensive uh, duties. But when things are good again and, and next season when players are fit and we've we've got a handle on how we can play, how we're supposed to play again, there's no better position to play Trent Alexander-Arnold than right back because he just doesn't play right back. He plays right up the pitch, spends more time in the opposition's toward than he does our own toward. He's ahead of Salah a lot on that side. He's ahead of a lot of our midfielders. So I don't know what the obsession is with moving into midfield when he does, when, when things are going well, he plays, he's one of the best players in the world starting in that position. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mark, we'll come on to you, obviously. You mentioned actually before we came on air that you're in the middle of doing a flag with, with, with Trent being part of the team. He's obviously quickly become a hero. He's a local hero. Obviously, you know, it's always extra special when you have a scouser in the team, uh, as we've seen down the years. Um, what What's your opinion on Trent right now in terms of, look, he's a Champions League winner. He's won a Premier League. You know, he's, he's already kind of been there and done it and he's now kind of in a position where he's almost having to re- reprove himself uh, uh, because of a lot of the moving parts around him sort of being absent and whatnot. Uh, what what's your what's your uh, assessment to Trent? I mean, this- he certainly doesn't have to reprove himself to me because I mean the lad's got every quality you look for in a footballer I think I think the the thought of moving him into midfield is kind of as Andy was touching on, it's an it's an old fashioned idea, an old fashioned notion that you you've got a if you've got a, an extremely talented player, which is what the lad is, that 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 you're going to get the best out of them by playing them in a, in centre mid, um, and you know, and historically you have seen most of the of the um of the world's most gifted footballers playing in that, in those positions or playing a little bit more advanced behind, behind a striker. But, um, as Andy said, the game's just changed, hasn't it? And, um, and the, particularly the way that Liverpool players changed and, and under Klopp, are our main focus for, from an attacking point of view as being about this overlap on the, on the flanks and getting those, um, Getting those, but I mean, you've only got to look at the statistics from last season. The, the number of assists coming from the from Robertson and and Trent to know that that's absolutely pivotal to the way that we play. And you're not going to get you you're not going to go out and find another one. So if you move him into sent into the central midfield where we're we're currently overstaffed, if anything. Um, so there's no first of all, there's no particular need for us to put him into midfield because we've got we've got players 
in that position who can who can do a, a fantastic job. They might not be doing it right now at this very moment, but um, you know, when when everybody's fit and well and we're and we're playing well, um, you know, there's no there's no real need to put him in there. If there was, then I could understand it maybe a bit more. The shouts to to get him in there, but um, he's he he's proved his talent uh, for putting a ball in, and so and you and you're going to get that. You're going to benefit from that by him playing in a wide position. Yeah, I mean Dan Bailey's saying if you make Trent play as an orthodox fullback, he'd be wasted. He, he's just struggling because we're without our centre backs. I mean, he, he has got some of those important pieces around and missing, and and maybe this is where he's potentially over the course of time, not depending on who's the manager. England, he may not get the you know the the the, the sort of the first choice right back position, you know, automatically like any Liverpool fan believes he should absolutely be. But I mean, look, I guess it comes down to systems, formations and, and you're right, Mark. I mean, in terms of what he has produced, uh, his output that he's produced, I mean, it, it would surpass many teams, midfielders, you know, who, who, who are, who are, you know, in theory, further forward on the pitch, uh, during a game, his what he's done from from that position has been uh, phenomenal, really. And the uh, other thing that's, that's been really important about the way that he plays is this: is that range of passing that gives that quick switch across across the field. Is yeah. that big, long raking diagonal? It can completely ch- switch the focus of the attack, and and you don't get that from the middle of the park either. It's just you know, it's is is doing what he needs to be doing as far as I'm yeah. concerned. D- Davo, the other part of this obviously you may, you you move you move Trent further forward then you've got to play either Nico Williams or you have to you know spend some of your transfer budget on another right back. I mean some of this just seems to be you know a little you, we just we just end up creating additional problems for ourselves potentially wouldn't we what like there doesn't doesn't seem to be any real logic to it in that sense no it's kind of it's kind of football manager stuff isn't it uh, really from from some people like Trent when was the last time Trent played central midfield probably no but I mean even even when he was younger when did he break into the team when he was 19 into the first team 18 19 that's the last time he's played central midfield so why do some of our fans think that we should take him out of there and put him in and play him at a position for Liverpool Football Club that he hasn't played in in four years and and hasn't played a senior game in? Because we all know what our fan base Listen, I'll hold my hands up as well. I'll criticise someone if they play shit. Listen, they played shit. I thought Trent was poor the weekend. Um, but if you look at his block of work since he came into the team, his defending's been good enough for Jurgen Klopp. So, like, if it wasn't, he wouldn't be playing. And he wouldn't be winning Champions Leagues or uh, and European Cups. So I just I don't get over the 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 calls really for midfield. More so to the fact that listen, he he could go and play in midfield. Look, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see him playing there for the under seventeens or under eighteens. But we all know what our fan base base is like. It's not only ours with the way social media is. He could get put into midfield, have a bad game, and be absolutely lambasted for that. And the same people that wanted him in there will want him to go back. 
Uh, on your point, then obviously, listen, the creates like you're, you're having to make you're making two changes instead of making one type of thing. Right, you're, you're moving Trent into midfield. You've got you're, you're moving the midfielder out to get Trent in, and then you need to play. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Somebody uh really fall back. And it's it's just a it's it's a knock on effect. I think Trent is fine. There, the lads alluded to the way the game has gone. He's a playmaker from uh, from fullback, and I think possibly Andy was saying about uh, not having like you're obviously missing your two central back two centre backs if it's normally Matip or Gomez who's tight on the side of him. But I think Henderson is a huge miss for Trent defensively. He tends to be the one yeah. that gets over and helps him out. Um, talks to him we've all heard through COVID when you don't have that showy crowd noise on you can hear Hendo balling at people getting around he's been the one and also going further on up the pitch like Trent links up with Salah so well um, not even with assist wise with little triangles stuff like that and Salah's having a great season so uh, goal wise so no I don't think there's any listen he, he's, he, he played poorly Sunday there is games this year there's been a drop off but there's been a drop off for everybody and he's 22, and I think really, if I had to like kind of finish up on the point, I thought Shawnee hit the nail on the head in the fat back far last night. He's 22, and he didn't hide it. He doesn't hide it. He's always there. He wants the ball. If it's not going from, he'll keep looking for it. He'll keep looking to create. And that was just, uh, uh, and the winner showed that on the weekend. Amazing run and ends up on the far side of the park, and then an absolute screamer. So, um, yeah, listen, I, I, I have. I don't think there's any, there's no, uh, there's no issues with Trent as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So Andy, I'm just going to close this on 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 uh, back to you. Uh, uh, one of the comments just come up there. It's moved on now, but basically saying that um, you know we're suge- almost suggesting that the 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 midfield is you know doesn't need to be improved upon is flawless and whatnot. We know it's not. It's been it's been a bit of a been a bit of a sort of. Uh, disaster this season um, and you know with Stephen Dunn saying it's worth a try uh, the current lot need a boost um, yeah we've had challenges uh, just I, I, I want to ask you Andy what's your midfield three assuming it's a midfield three what's your midfield three at the start of next season uh, assuming everyone's fit and assuming that Jeannie Wijnaldum moves on yeah well it looks like Jeannie's going to move on but um if he is moved on, it's it's got to be Henderson, um, Thiago, um, yeah, Fabinho, yeah, well, yeah, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. I mean that that's that's it, isn't it? Uh, do we bring in a player to replace Ginny? I don't know. Can you replace Ginny? That that simply, or or does is that the midfield goals are any kind of change the system up a little bit? I don't know. Yeah, but right now. That's what it's got to be. I, I don't even know. I'm 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 just hazarding a guess here, but I can't imagine those three lads have played a game together this season in midfield, just because of injuries and and whatnot. You know, between uh, and Fabinho obviously having to play games at centre back when maybe all three were 
you know, the small time when they were all fit together. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. Between so, the three of them, they've all they've all kind of spent time in an Audi team. Like, look, luckily Henderson has a has not had a serious injury in a while up to this one, um, and but he does kind of spend he he picks up whatever muscle tightness and he misses the odd game. Um, we've we've seen uh, Fabinho the same and, Th- and Thiago now since he's come into Liverpool as well. So it it is a bit of a worry that you you want to have three reliable players in the midfield, but. Could could Trent go in there? Who plays? Uh, I don't know. Look, Stephen's right. It's it's probably worth a try. It's probably worth movement there if we're stuck. But I don't think we're going to be stuck for centre midfielders. As Mark says, we we are overstaffed there, and it's probably a chance that somebody else might come in. Well, Curtis Jones is said is it'd be taking Curtis Jones's place, wouldn't he? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lad who's showed us an awful lot this season. Let, let's not forget, yeah. you know. Yeah. And look, he's been a bit inconsistent, but you know, one one positive coming out of this season is that we've been able to develop another lad uh, who looks like he's at the very least squad ready. Um, best case, he's going to be able to make a significant contribution in future seasons when maybe had things not transpired the way they were, he may still have had a, a massive question mark about whether he goes out on loan or something like that. I can't mm. see Curtis Jones going out on loan next season. Now oh. he's, he's absolutely part and parcel of this of this squad moving into next year. Chris Brack managed to correct me there or he managed to identify there was one game where the three lads played in midfield and it was the, uh, Don't get that pass, Chris. Stick off. No, I know. It was no. the derby. It was the. It was obviously the game I was trying to forget. The game yeah. we'd all like to forget. The, <laughs> the axis of doom it was, <laughs> as it turned out to be on that particular occasion. And and uh, and obviously we've never we've never seen them together since. Like we've never seen um, some other players since as well. Um, yeah, I mean, people, t- people talk a lot, don't they, about about. Um, centre half partnerships and how they need time playing together, and it's it is the same with midfielders. Yeah. Like you need that. Yeah, if if you haven't had half a dozen games together, then then you don't know each other's game properly, and it's mm. you know, and you can only simulate it so much in training. Is it that we're not going to see the best out of Thiago at all until he's been until he's had a running running games alongside Henderson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but obviously, plenty of comments coming in around uh, Everton uh, slipping up again tonight. Uh, nil, nil, nil was the final score. They um, Everton refused to go past Liverpool in the league for some reason, even though they've been given every opportunity <laughs> at this stage to go above us. So, uh, even with the game in hand now, I don't think they can go above us. So. Um, so uh, we are, I guess, uh, focused on this top four big time. But I just wanted to move on to, let's move it on. Um, you know, uh, Neville and, and Carragher have been um, at it all the, uh, back and forth trying to score points. It was actually the Villa lads. There's one of the Villa lads who is a regular on the uh, on the, the, the Friday night forecast with Chris. Um, and he's actually, he's a, he's a good lad, listen to, to those shows, uh, and he talks a lot of sense. Uh, so it was kind of no surprise to hear him and some of us other uh, Villa mates talking in the wake of, uh, of, of, of the defeat and, and getting really wound up about the fact that 
um, when uh, when Trent's uh, scoring that absolute uh, screamer, um, the first kind of thought and comment is 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 right back at, at, at Gary Neville and Gary Neville's thoughts and whatnot. In what seems to be uh, a constant back and forth on Twitter between the same old picture that gets recycled time and time again uh, of uh, of each of them holding the champagne bottle uh, and the likes. Um, it's starting to get a little bit like, yeah, we get it. Um, and actually, uh, part of me listening to the lads um, sort of bitch about it, the Villa lads, it was a little, it seemed a little bit like sour grapes in some respects. Uh, by the way, I don't mind scoring last minute winners against Aston Villa, especially after they spanked us 7 uh, 2 earlier in the season. And for some reason, I've always been. At games where Villa have done, you know, mad things like that season where Benteke scores, um, and they they make us look like a bag of shite on that particular occasion at Anfield. Um, so, uh, you know, there was an that was that was an element for me that you know, you know, the lads are majorly pissed off, and and the fact that Carragher pisses them off even more over his comments. But like, they do have a point, um, Davo. They do have a point, don't they? About like. These lads are, you know, they're paid a lot of money, yeah? Carragher, Gary mm. Neville, ex-footballers, they're brought in for their insights, they're brought in for their experiences, what they can kind of, you know, we're talking on these podcasts, you know, we're talking as fans, we will never get to know um, anything close to some of the things that they should be able to educate us with and, and, and sort of tell us about their experiences in football. Yet they seem to... Um, they seem to constantly just engage in this kind of, you know, as I said at the start, this kind of punch and duty, tit for tat. What's your What's your view on it now? Is it getting tiresome for you? It's, do you know what? It, it is. It is a little bit. It's, it, it, it doesn't tend to bug me as much as it does maybe other people. I just kind of, I kind of found myself really right over the last few months. I, I, I was no shame in saying it's probably coupled with Liverpool's really bad form. It's kind of hard to watch football without the fans. Um, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm generally not talking about just Liverpool games. It's just me in general. And I've kind of found myself watching the first hour of Monday night football, then turning the game off. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe trying to pick it back up after for what they do. I just feel that, Carragher probably seems to be towing a bit more of a line since what happened to him the instant they got himself suspended and he's not as he's not as quick kind of to go against uh, Neville as as he would have been uh, back then and I just I, I, I kind of feel Carragher's gone a little bit more shouty recently like trying to shout Neville down um, an awful lot more than he probably would have done he, 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 I think previously he was kind of better at making his points Neville is far better at uh, making putting his point across uh, really than Carragher, but I think it's it's really what it comes down to. I, I, I don't really like using the term, but it, like it's kind of clickbait in general. Sky and Carragher and Neville and stuff. They want to get stuff out that gets clicks on social media and Twitter and get the if the hot takes out, get the the headline, get get people hitting hitting the tweets, get people uh, hitting links to to what was said, and it's kind of. More sensationalized. I, I have heard Neville before speaking, saying that they they don't discuss what they're going to talk to each other or what points they are going to use uh, with one another back and forth, which I suppose keeps a kind of uh, original. Um, but yeah, listen, it 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 kind of tends to it be more 
commentary wise it, it annoyed me rather than the Monday night football stuff with them going back and forth about the England squad that didn't really bother me at all that's just kind of opinion stuff but the, the goal going in and now you're watching Gary Neville and stuff and it's the, <laughs> kind of, it, can be, it can be the it can be the same but Neville kind of go back and forth I would generally agree with the um, the thought that's out there that maybe they shouldn't Neville shouldn't be doing United and Carragher shouldn't be doing Liverpool I, I tend to mm-hmm. get behind that I don't, I'm not really a fan of I don't watch much of United but I'm not really a fan of Carragher doing Liverpool I'd rather somebody else doing them uh, he, to seems be to, he, he seemed like uh, you know I I have people saying to me you know even from even from my own mum saying Carragher absolutely does it Edin like <laughs> There's, there's some, there's, uh, there's just something about me that, that a lot of Liverpool fan, fans find irritating when he's commentating on Liverpool games specifically. I mean, Mark, I, I, I'm, you know, I guess we all have our, we all have our sort of favourites and and people who we don't like when we when we switch on the telly and we we we, we find out who's commentating on a game. Where do you where do you stand with with Carrot commentating on Liverpool games? Well, he doesn't get on my tits as much as Matt Manaman, but <laughs> <laughs> um, fair point. absolutely now, fair point. I think I, I think um, they, it was quite an interesting that you that um, you've already raised the point about about the incident that nearly ended his career when he when he spat at that fellow in his car, and there's been a big change, I think, in the way that in the way that he does his job now since then and I think basically both him and Neville the way that they the way that they interact with each other they're doing it because they've been told to do it and they've been and they've been told to do it because it's box office it's what it's what is it's what gets neutrals watching and talking about about things it's Mm. kind of it's all kind of part of this which I've never I've never really liked the 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 way that this um it, it all started with soccer am years ago and all this kind of jokey banter around the game and um it's it's just pure i haven't really got much time for it at all um the way uh, and i think what i've noticed with Carragher as well is that he's so ready to jump on on negative things with around around the liverpool team at the moment um i think he's you know he's he he seems to be um and i don't i don't know if this is something that he's been kind of told to do is but he seems to be overcompensating for the fact that he used to be a liverpool player by being really harsh on on um players in the in the current team um so yeah and i and i think that i've just seen some of the um some of the comments coming up at the bottom of the screen there. And somebody mentioned um, that, that Gary Neville is actually a bit more switched on and a bit brighter than Jamie Carragher. And I think that's absolutely fair comment. And, and mm-hmm. in, in a, you know, in a, um, in a strategic battle of wits, I think Gary Neville's got the upper hand there all, all day long. So um, yeah. I don't think he does himself any favors for it that way by getting drawn into these, um, into these things. And I think it might be, popular with fans of other clubs i don't know but i don't from the liverpool fans that i know and talk to he's starting to wind a few people up yeah um if veranda cheese and it probably should be no surprise that he started that facebook page which i <laughs> which i do remember at the time yeah. Yeah. 
I signed. I, I signed up. I signed up to that page. <laughs> I only put that comment up because it's the first clean uh, comment from Branda Cheese, and he's always saying, "How come you never put me comments up?" So look there. We we had a clean one, so we we stuck it up. It was a fairly legendary page, but um, yeah, to be, Neville, to be fair to Gary Neville after such a rough start. Um, uh, no, he 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 don't like when you're listening to him commentating on United games, he, he is in fairness, um, being very objective, isn't he? He's, he absolutely recognises and, and accepts. I think that United have been. Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Try the new big sky burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at a rose in the wheel going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. In, 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 in stages this season, particularly woeful, and individual players have been particularly woeful, and, you know, they, they somehow managed to turn it around individual brilliance or someone pulls them through a half a football or whatever it is that, that and and to be fair he's like he, he he's he's accurate with with his assessment of of united um do you think Carragher is being a little bit he, he's he's gone the other way a little bit and he is he is like he's not you know, we know we know the reasons why we're down where we are and we're, we're in a scrap for fourth. Like, do you not think that Carragher is given that that kind of, you know, his the platform that he has, he's not actually putting those not excuses, valid reasons forward. Um I, I look, I just don't I don't enjoy them as commentators. Like like Davo said at the start there, um that he they don't bother him as much as they seem to bother everyone else. And and that's kind of where I see I think they were absolutely brilliant at the very beginning on Monday Night Football. I thought it was quite refreshing to see um, recent footballers, pl- players that have played in the modern game, uh, stand there and talk about football. And like they were a hell of a lot more in touch with what got what gone before them. But then they start commentating, and I thought Neville was okay. And then Car- when Carragher started commentating, he's, he seems totally out of place. He's just. He's just like a uh, like fan TV. Uh, remember Sky did that, yeah. And he's kind of just shouty and his tones, and he doesn't. He, he's he's not able to articulate himself in the same way Neville. And I think that's where uh, Chris's point came. Neville is is way more articulate. He's made, able to make a point a hell of a lot more polished than Carragher, and that's why he kind of takes him to task a lot. He makes a show of him. But when the two of them are actually not having this silly banter or not being tribal. They actually are really good quality um, pundits, and and that's what it should be. I think with them, the latest circus thing is just ridiculous. Just a reflection on what the what the modern fan seems to want. It sounds like everybody's giving out about them, but Sky are now fools. They know that's what sells subscriptions. Yeah, and um, whether it's the younger fan or or who it is, but that seems to be what the appeal is these days. I know, I know they can't. They them pair can't be the best available men or women to do that job. They can't, they absolutely can't for, uh, now I thought it was brilliant. Do you remember, uh, we beat everything in the last minute and Klopp ran onto the pitch and Carragher let mm. that scream out. Look at Jürgen Klopp. And that really wound the neutral up 
it really wound the Everton fans up or wound United fans watching it. I loved that. But it's you have to draw a line underneath it. Like saying saying things like, um, hey, you're watching Gary Neville is silly because it's obviously gone to Carragher's head now that he him he thinks that him and, and Neville are like the, the new Ant and Deck that they're yeah. Uh, yeah. that they're they're darlings of the British public that they they are seeing they see themselves now as the faces of football mm. and you know what they're not and they're, they're far not. from it no. and we were talking about Trent and look as Davo says I'm the same they don't bother me as much until they start doing damage and they started doing damage in my opinion by taking uh, by analysing Trent the way they did they did a three-hour piece of practically on, on fucking Trent and the England squad and where he should be this. Why would you do that to your own? Mm. Where's the sense of that? This is a player that's may or may not get into the Euros. Even if he gets into the squad now, he's going to have that hanger over his head because Carragher, an ex-player, a legend of his own club, was talking about him for so long and the micro-analysis and Neville, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing that. I mean, you mm. just don't do that to your own. The British media have had a tendency to do that. But Carragher, I don't like to get see them getting involved. That's damaging. That's damaging to the player. He has a good game following it, and then he has a poor game um, against Madrid, and he heads a ball in um, in the path of the opposition. And don't tell me that those things don't get into those players' heads. 22 years of age. What were we like when we were 22, Ray? You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous. These guys yeah. should know better, and the pressure that they're putting a player like like Trent under. Um, so I think they should stick to what they're good at, and that's an Allison and that Illinois and uh, moments of games are different different parts of the the games that went the night the day before the weekend before. But this uh, punch and duty or circus that goes on when they're doing matches, like there's games where they're both there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've taught you've toiled like as a cherry on top. Um, <laughs> And then you've read up on the fucking uh, on the sidelines. What the fuck is going on? Like, but who's even, making like, these decisions? But like, even like a small thing from the game the other day. Like the the Rory let out one for me, and I took that touch in the halfway line. Now, listen, don't get me wrong; it was a good touch. Yeah, I know. But it, was, it was a I good touch. I, I genuinely like, I for a Brazilian footballer to kill a ball like that and do what he did, I thought it was just kind of probably fairly standard. And mm-hmm. like the Rory level for that was probably a bit over the top. It's it's more it's more as commentary for me than as punditry. And like I know going back to the point of the manalizing in the studio, absolutely no doubt about it. Neville is far more polished and making his points and putting them across. But ultimately it's opinion. Like he used he used what players would um who would what who would they rather be up against if they played England Trent or Kyle Walker or Kieran Trippier or whatever? And he's he's using examples of these fellas and Bappe and all that Trent has played, has marked in games, games we've won on the way to winning European Cups. And the point that kind of stuck in my head, I didn't go back and check the goal or anything like that, but he kept going, like if we play a Croatia and Perisic is coming in, like he he'll make shy a Trent. Well, they knocked in the nail the last World Cup and Perich just scored a header at the back post. I think I assume Kyle Walker was on the pitch for that goal, mm. I'm assuming. He was kind of banging that drum that Kyle Walker would be better suited to be able to handle these bigger players than Trent. And like, that's just false. Like, mm. that's like, like I said to you, it's an opinion that I think is wrong. Like, he's basing it off, um, he's basing it off maybe Trent's 
uh, last maybe three or four games or maybe two or three months. Fair enough, his form hasn't been great. But like I said, Trent's block of work in the last few years where he has been marking Mbappe and he has been marking these players and we've been winning these games. Like That's the kind of points that I'd be putting to Neville. You know what I mean? And, and in fairness, uh, I'll shut up now, but in fairness, like... <laughs> uh, like Carragher said about England and stuff like that is like Neville was like we're not going to have the ball we're not going to have the ball why aren't we going Carragher says why 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 won't we have the ball we have these excellent players that can uh, that can like dictate the play in the game against the Croatia but Neville was like kind of really I, I suppose giving an insight into what way uh, the coach at the highest level in England and the FA the way they think is that listen, we can't dominate the ball against these teams, so we'd be more pragmatic and drop off. And I think that's probably more of a worry, that kind of mindset, rather than mm. who's going to be a rifle, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of the comments that come in earlier, uh, I think it might have been Matt Sweeney, but he was saying that, um, he was saying that, actually, if you if you watch Carragher on uh, CBS, he's actually very different. And, and, and you know, Clearly, what you're saying there, Mark. Uh, you know, Sky have some element of uh, influence or hold on on how he conducts himself in comparison to when he's kind of a little has a little bit more freedom when he goes uh, freelance with the with the likes of CBS on a on a on a Champions League uh, night. So that's that's interesting that he would that he would be uh, he would be different in that way. Um, so look, we'll um, we, we'll wrap up that that topic. Um, I, I tell you what, we'll come we'll come on to you now, Mark, because I'm keen. Um, we'll get off the um, off the player chat for for a little bit. We'll go in a bit of a different direction. Keen to uh, have a talk about your your craft. And um, first of all, I, I'm look. I've been trying to work out what that f- uh, flag says behind you. So I, I get I got the top bit, the crown in the crown paints um kind of font what does the what does the bot crown champions is it champions yeah oh excellent okay class that's class um that's absolutely it's absolutely brilliant um so um just tell us a bit about you know when the when this kind of kicked off for you really how long you've been at it and um i guess um Maybe a bit about um, Andy's flag that's uh, that sat behind them as well, yeah? Yeah, sure. So, um, basically, I've, I've been a um, regular matchgoer since around about the time that I graduated university, which was in 2000. Um, okay. And I made, my, I made my first ever banner with my mate around about that time, and it was just like a – it was a red bed sheet, and it was just like um, – made some stencils and painted some stuff onto it. Um, and, and we took that to the game a few times and, um, and then it was in the build up to the Istanbul final that, that made me first like real proper stitched effort. It was, um, it, and I've still, I've still got it. Um, and it's, it's kind of accompanied me on, on many, a many an adventure. Um, and that was, our lads have come from all over the place. They talk dead funny, but they play dead great from the Anfield rap. And I, I always took that with me wherever I went. I took it to the, been taking it to the game for years. I've got a little speck up in the, up in the gods in the in the main stand at the at the front of the top tier, and I always okay. hang my flags there. Um, and 
people people would ask me like where did you get that from and it's like i didn't get it from anywhere i made it myself and they're like you know started a few conversations at the game and then um it was i made an i made another banner a couple of couple of years later in 2007 for the athens final um but then it had been a long time since i'd since i'd done anything like that um i just kept taking the same same flags to every game you know and um and they were like a calling card kind of thing. Um, but it was um, a few years ago. I was like, I was in, I was at the peak of my health and I was like doing really well. I was, um, I was running half marathons every week and I was, um, I was, you know, on top of the world. I just got, just got married. I got married in 2015. Um, and it was, you know, everything, everything was going swimmingly. And then, I, and then I had a really serious injury of, um, I did, uh, herniated three discs in my back at the bottom of my back. Jeez. Um, and over, over time, like the, uh, uh, fell into like lot, I had chronic pain for, and I'm, I'm sitting here now and I'm, I'm, I'm in in pain talking to you right now, but um, so over the over these last few years, it's kind of taken its toll on my mental health, and I've been I've been really struggling. Um, and I, it came to, it all came to a bit of a crunch around about um, the start of last year, really. Um, and I had to take some time off work because I just wasn't doing very well. I wasn't I wasn't in a good place at all. I'm a teacher in my day job. Um, and so my work organized for me to see a counselor and it was, um, it was from a conversation that I had with, um, with that counselor that, um, I kind of got into what I'm doing at the moment because, um, we talked about how my running had been like so important to me as a way of decompressing and as a way of like sorting my head out and getting, um, you know, just getting things clear in my mind and and a distraction from from um, the, from bad things that happen in work and in the, in the classroom and things like that. Um, and he said, the counselor said to me, "Well, is there anything else that you could do? Anything else that you enjoy doing that that kind of gives you that a similar kind of distraction?" And I thought to myself, "Well, it's not the same, but whenever I've whenever I've done these banners for myself." I've kind of got really absorbed into them and I can kind of, you know, just, just get in the zone and I kind of forget, I almost forget what I'm doing and it, and, um, and it's, I find it really just relaxing and absorbing and, um, and yeah. So, so he said, well, why don't you go away and, and, um, do, do one of them and see how you get on and just try and kind of take, take the focus away from that pain that, that you're in all the time so um so it was something i started doing a bit more seriously made a couple of flags for myself like this one and um there's one that's that's been on the cop during lockdown which is a, you may have seen the world beaters one um in the in the beatles fund so i made that one last year as well and um and it's the problem the problem that i had was it's a pretty expensive hobby to get into um because each one cost me in terms of materials and sewing costs and whatever cost me around about a hundred pounds then that's my outgoings on one um so it's obviously not something that you can afford to to do to make one a week for yourself you know and also 
able to keep them. I wouldn't be making myself particularly popular with the missus, I don't think. Mm. So, um, so I start. I just uh, I, the the work that I'd done for myself, my own banners, I'd kind of shared on social media and it's shared on redandwhitecop.com. And um, and some people were interested, and so I just I just started chance me arm and and just say if anybody listen if anybody wants to wants me to make a banner for them I'll, i'm happy to give it a go and it was um it was in it was exactly a year ago actually this week that the first um my first proper commission came in from a, from somebody that i'd never met before you know and that was you know it's it was quite a big leap of faith because it was um you know it's somebody parting with a couple of hundred quid on the basis of nothing really because you know they, they didn't have any recommendations or anything they'd only just like seen me me making banners on on um twitter and on um instagram or whatever so yeah it was that that was like so i heard from my sister's friend's cousin that kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself for real the deals are so good I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. A real um, confidence boost for me, you know, and it it just got me um, thinking, yeah, I can do this. And then... uh, uh, over time, like they they start they started to come in in a bit of a trickle, but um, over time, it's I've I've got a bit more ambitious about what about the designs that I, I take on. I mean, you can see on Andy's flag there the um, mm. that was the first just behind Andy's head there that UEFA Cup was the first first time I've crafted that one, and you can see it's really really elaborate and ornate the way the decoration on that trophy, and it's that's all done from um from just using handcrafting tools like i've got a little scalpel and um and some sharp scissors and and i just craft away so there's like by layering up different layers of felt um and yeah it's just as i say it's like really absorbing and it and um and it seems to be pretty popular thankfully so um brilliant so, yeah, i mean you, you you obviously you know you got connected with the right person there uh, Andy Young has got you know two three four hundred quid spare at the best of times um, <laughs> every, every week like, every week well you know notions uh normally spend that on wine and a vodka so he went, you know he bypassed the vodka for a week and managed to uh, get himself uh, a, a prized uh, banner instead. So Andy was the, uh, the the design. I have to say it's a class design. Um, it's uh, it absolutely uh, paints the picture of what support on Liverpool Football Club is all about to me. Uh, you know it it, it it parades it all basically. Um, was the was the idea yours, or did you did you kind of uh, collaborate with with Mark around some 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 possibilities about what would be uh, what would be doable for you? 
Yeah. No, look, before I say that, Mark, that, thanks for that honesty there. That's uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's like the, some really of the comments right. coming in. Like that's a, yeah. a real life story there. And that you're an inspiration there to, to a lot of people watching, I'm sure. Um, if you're ever struggling, um, find what you like and get stuck yeah. in. And, uh, and I mean, I can't believe this was something that you've only took up a year ago, really uh, taking it seriously. I mm. mean, what you sent to me, I, I can't believe it. The the art, it's it's commissioned artwork, effectively. You know, I contacted Mark months ago, and and eventually I got I came up near the top of the list, and I you know watched his designs closely on Twitter, and I was really looking forward to the chance to to get together and and design something, <clears throat> and um, I mean I just can't believe what. The, the final product, how how detailed it is, and the quality. Even when I took it off the postman, like the weight of the package, you know, I've had flags at games before, and they're, you know, they're kind of that silky material. Yeah. But this <laughs> is like this weighs a ton, and it, it's not till you can see it. It's, it looks brilliant, but when you actually see it up close and you see the detail, and and you know that such um, uh, art has gone into it, it's it's amazing. But um, yeah, now to answer your question, uh, I I just loved the you know the Beatles song in my life. It was uh, one of our songs at our wedding, and um, to put it on a flag along somebody the other passion in my life with Liverpool and some of the trophies that have meant a lot uh, to us all over the years. There's so many stories behind, and I, I remember talking to Mark to start well. There's only really room for four trophies. Like, what, 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 what should they be? Because I was thinking of maybe the Club World Cup, but mm. it doesn't have such a significant value. I no. mean, as the the FA Cup there, like we, it's not the trophy it was, but has it has so many stories and so many mm. uh, past the things that resonate with us, especially some of us that are, can remember. And then the UEFA Cup, it was it was bigger. It's it's a yeah, the Europa League's it's a bit of a joke now. But it led to so many. It was in between so much success, and it was it was um it. There are four trophies to me that are that mean the most, and uh, the job that Mark has done on them is is incredible. Uh, you know, I I'm really bad with fonts, but he threw like so many different font options. We were talking about like a Beatles font, but um, we picked that in the end. And I mean, what you're getting. It's, it's it's just incredible. You're 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 really underselling yourself, Mark. You could, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it. There's a tag on it. Um, the labor of love, isn't it? You, you have on it. Yeah, yeah. It really is. You know, and the the story, the story you have behind there is blowing me away. I have to I have to be honest. Yeah, Andy, absolutely. absolutely. Andy, what's the plan with the flag? Is it uh, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm not in the wind up now, right? And what's the plan? But you, you got when you get back to Anfield, will you bring it to games? Is it going to be out there? I was only saying. I was only saying to Mark. Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm actually. I I love it. <laughs> I'm afraid yeah. to take it to the game now, but <laughs> because look, of the sure. damage of getting yeah. it locked or whatever yeah. that might come come its I'm, way. Yeah. 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 Um. It's it's probably probably haven't got the place Ray where in the in the centenary to put it, but no. um, but you know I'll I'll definitely bring it on my travels when we go back. Yeah. My, 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 suge- my suggestion would be Andy the next time we're able to travel to a 
uh, a European Cup final. That that has to be the centre stage on our yeah. afternoon of drinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's know. what that's what I think. I don't think it'll leave the house too often. But yeah. um, if there's if there's those special journeys, you know, in Europe, that it'll definitely come with me. And I'm sure I'm sure I'll hang it out the the window when we're in a final stuff like yeah, shout yeah. out to the neighbors. Yeah, I'll pick up some yeah. dirt and stains <laughs> and bits of beer on it yeah. over the, over the yeah. years. That's what gives it its character. That's, you know, that's, that's when part it, of its authenticity and yeah, part absolutely. Of, like, that's it's only just starting. I mean, just funny you say about the FA Cup. I mean, <clears throat> you say about, you know, absolutely. I think that ha- that has to be one of the four trophies that you put on, despite its lack of significance, it appears these days. I mean, I remember growing up, you know, that was a, uh, you know, in the 80s, that was a really sought after trophy. I mean, you know, mm. we were winning league, tro- you know, league trophies, European Cups, that FA Cup was eluding us. And, um, you know, when we did eventually win it in 86, having had some disappointments in the 70s, like it was massive. So um, they are absolutely the four, you know, the four trophies. Um, Mm. Obviously no room for for a a League Cup on there, Um, even though we've got a rich history and we, you know, we've had some memorable times going going to games in the League Cup. Uh, down the years but um no it's absolute i have to say it's an absolute work of art um there you go veranda cheese you can hang it from the balcony <laughs> in santa ponza yeah when we're able when we're able to travel again um yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant shout um i mean b- by the sounds of it mark i mean this 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 is absolutely um you know therapeutic uh to yourself um uh, what's the What's the kind? Of, what's the you know the the future plan with this? Is it is it to obviously you've 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 got you've got a very uh, sought after skill in 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 teaching, um, but uh, like do you see this becoming maybe your 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 sort of uh, your career moving forwards in terms mm. of development? No, I don't think so. I think uh, what what it currently does is it it helps me to keep a balance in my life. You know, it's the, um. Mm. I, I like the fact that um, you know my, my my wife's just put my daughter to bed a little bit earlier, and um, and this this time of night is normally like my banner in time. I have like a couple of hours in the evening, normally yeah. from about nine till eleven, when I can when I can just get stuck into it, um, and it just helps me like because because like most teachers, I, I have to bring home a lot of work and work work through the early evening um, doing marketing and planning and stuff and so it's just that that chance that I have to just put that to one side and um and yeah so I think keeping it as a as a passion project is the is what I want to do and I currently I've got um the the beauty of it is that I've got a big long waiting list of people wait like I've got 40 names on my waiting list at the moment and I'm doing I'm doing. I can. I average about one banner a week, basically. So okay. you know, I've got enough to keep me going well into the future. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, people keep showing showing interest and wanting to join the waiting list as well. So hopefully, I'll just be able to keep ticking over at my own pace. Hopefully, people will be patient with me, and um, you know, they won't won't try and rush me because I, I do. I do want it to still be an enjoyable thing for me, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. want to feel under pressure from it. And I think yeah, if yeah. I was trying to earn my living 
from it yeah, then that, that, that wouldn't be good at the moment yeah. what it's doing is giving me a little boost to my income it's yeah. helping me save for me for me little girl you know so yeah um it's, it's you know it's, at the moment it's a real win-win situation and if i stopped enjoying it then then it defied the point so just i just need to keep it on a small scale i think yeah, that, so by that, 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 that list that list is going to be longer than the season ticket I uh, list. Tell. I think now, <laughs> 40, 40 uh, at the moment, uh, average of doing one a week. So I'd say before you know it, you're probably going to be looking at a year's wait. I would imagine, but uh, by the looks of it, Andy, um, I guess you would testify that even if it was a a year's wait, it will it be well worth the wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think it was probably about six months waiting, maybe more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But when you get, and I think more, we probably promised you it'd be about two at the start today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, now I waited patiently. Um, look, it's 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 going to be such uh, an amazing thing though to see our see our work when our field opens up again. Yeah. Um, you've already got the, you've wait. got the, yeah you've got the Beatles one there on the, on the cop as it is, but imagine the amount of them that's going to be in the ground. Uh, and you'd be just spotting them on TV all the time, you know. And we yeah. have the the group as well, the the banner owners as well. And you, you know, looking at yeah, some yeah, we set and up that. a little WhatsApp group, and yeah. we've got so yeah. there's like thirty odd lads on there now. We're all yeah. all yeah. in the exclusive club. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and they're they're, they're all over. The honorary band of uh, brothers with the uh, with the yeah. With the yeah. So one, one of these fine days, we'll have to get in a big pub beer garden and, yeah. and get them all out on display. Yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely when the time's right and we can all get back absolutely um, they're all uh, they're all unique as well like it's they're gonna be you know collector right and you've only got one of one um yeah yeah no that, that and that that's again there's something that doesn't really interest me is people have like this this one was quite a popular design when i when i came out with it and i was putting it putting it about on social media and people were like oh can you make me one the same and it's like yeah no, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's the, what? Where's the fun in that? Yeah, if, it, yeah. if it turned up and the cop was like a load of people with the, all with the same flag, how stupid would that look? You know. Yeah. So no, it's got to be something individual to people, and it, like because the beauty as well is that because I've got so many people who are interested in having them made. If somebody wants something that I don't want to do, I feel I, I feel happy turning them away. You know, and I also feel feel happy in advising people that no i don't think you uh, to be honest i don't think your idea is brilliant have you thought about doing this and if they mm. don't want to go with it then then fine i'll just you know leave them to their own devices mm. they can go and get it made by somebody else get it printed or whatever um yeah. there's definitely I mean, a day like trip or flag in the making some i'd say to be a yeah. little probably a little bit of um, back and forth on the design around that. There might yeah. be a few. Uh, there might be a few kind of um, debates about what should should and shouldn't go on those uh, on a flag uh, for the day trippers. I have to say, you can put your um, waiting list now, and you can have <laughs> time to back, back to the back with plenty of time. Plenty of time to think about it. We would, yeah. Um, Shane, just just to, just to close on this on this subject, um, like flags have just taken off like generally haven't they for for liverpool i mean obviously marks uh, heavily in demand but um aside from the fact that obviously the cop uh has has been sort of draped in in 
various flags. I, I, I did notice like over the last few years that like we've, we've gone from just maybe one flag or banner or whatever you want to term it, maybe one or two sort of big ones that would, would get sort of circulated across the cop or across the centenary uh, stand or whatever. Like it's now like you, you see so many, don't you? At the start of get or you were mm. when fans were in the ground, so many that were that were appearing at the start of the games, and some of the like some of the designs and some of the the you know the funny quips and all that sort of stuff. They were just they were they were getting better and better, weren't they? Yeah, and it's probably something that kind of... All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you kind of organically kind of came about you know you can see some teams that kind of make an effort we all like slag chelsea about the plastic flags under the seats and, and whatnot yeah. whereas anfield like you, you, you can see and i'd imagine listen mark has already alluded to how much effort goes into uh making them and then I, i'd imagine there's an awful lot of organization goes on to the lads getting them there like you see the boys with the flags with the waivers and stuff like that and all an awful lot of stuff and a lot a lot of people doing brilliant work to make it as it is to give it that atmosphere because it's like it's something to behold when you do get into anfield and and you're there and you're, you might be on lucky enough to be on the cup but if you aren't you're looking down at the flags and the banners waving before the game and when the teams come out and it's 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 it, there's nothing um kind of false about it, if that's the the right way of saying it. it's all kind of people doing it off their own back and it, they're doing it for the good of the club to to make and it's the fans it's not like obviously the club have to get involved with the people uh, to get the banners out there but it's the fans it's the the fans that are going out and doing the hard yards like Mark making them and like the people organising them. Uh, to get the flags out and waving and stuff like that, they're they're the ones uh, that help make the atmosphere, and yeah. uh, they should be they should be very proud of themselves. Really, yeah. I've always saying you'll never beat the Joey Jones banner from <laughs> the '77 European Cup final. I have to say, some of my favourites, right, and it's completely different to what Mark produces, and uh, it, 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 but it makes me laugh so much. Is when you see on occasions where uh, some Liverpool fans have rocked up, they've basically just like spray painted a white, uh, bed the white sheet, yeah. And they've rocked up at Goodison Park and stuck some of <laughs> them on the side of the rain. I, 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 lo- I love the, the welcome to hell about the Grafton right now. It's not, it's a, I've been from Dublin, I've never had the pleasure of entering uh, the Grafton, but I, I really like that banner all right when yeah. the Galatasaray games. Yeah, I have to say, I went to the Grafton. Um, a couple of times when I was <laughs> in my late teens and it lived it lived up to the reputation of <laughs> the age of the women who were grabbing me in all right. <laughs> oh my God, it was pretty rough uh, at times. Absolutely <laughs> mad, absolutely mad scene. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a mad place. Um, Right, so we'll we'll get back onto the uh, we'll get back onto the team and uh, look. We've got like we've got a massive massive European 
uh, get, I can only imagine uh, the flags that would be um, that would be there at Anfield um, on uh, Wednesday night, um, and the banners and whatnot. Um, it, the cop would, would be in full cry, but unfortunately, we 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 have to try and overturn that three-one deficit with uh, uh, with the backdrop of an of an empty Anfield. Um, key key thing. Um, on Wednesday night is going to be the front three or the front four, whichever way he de- decides to go. Um, you know, uh, I guess there's there's a case for playing um, the four lads on Wednesday night and just just go on mental. Personally, I think we should try and play it a bit tighter and a bit cagey. Get to get to half time at nil nil wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But obviously. Uh, Davo, your subject is the front three and and how we potentially succession plan and and evolve where we've been, which has been, let's face it, podcasts we've been doing consistently. When we get to team predictions, it would often be the three lads up front. There was no, there was no mm-hmm. debate. There was no questioning. It was Firmino. It was Mane. It was Salah. Um, that is now starting to look like with the introduction of Jota. And obviously the form of, of some of the some of those players this season, in particular Firmino, but but lately also Mane as well. It has to be said. Um, you have to think about what's next. Um, you know, what players potentially are we looking at targeting in the summer? Do we move one of them on? Do we move two of them on? Uh, where, where, where's your head at, at the moment with all of well, that? The, the, just the kind of the topic was uh, just kind of something I thought up on really because, like you said, like. Um, for the last, really, since the front three were all signed, there's been never a debate about any one to eleven in a huge game or any game that we weren't rotating. It was the front three, and I just it was interesting. I know we we spoke about Monday night football before, but they they actually did something on the front three. I think maybe three or four months ago, and uh, kind of the the amount of um, season say that the the other kind of famous front trees. You think of uh, Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney, stuff like that. How long they've stayed together? Um, mm. And I think kind of the longest was about two. I think that that front three was two seasons. And obviously, Ireland has been here uh, a lot longer. And I suppose, listen, Mane turned 29 the other day. Um, Salah, is, I think, is 28. They're all similar uh, age profile by Jota. And it just just kind of got me thinking. It's not it's not something I don't, I don't have any kind of hard answer. Really. I just wanted to see but maybe what the, what the viewers thought and what you think as well. Like you said, is it one going to be moved on in the summer or the following summer? And kind of when is the like we we always seem to hear that uh, Michael Edwards a transfer um, boys at the club analysts they're thinking a couple of windows down the line. Like who do we move on? Is it a case of uh, we think we will get the most money for Salah, so we look to move him on because that's where you, you'll recoup most money. Is it Mane now has been is 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 just gone twenty nine? He, he he's is is this kind of a form of Long COVID he's suffering from at the minute, or is it the start of a slide? Mm. For me, I would have been the one, um, probably in the last six months getting an awful lot of scrutiny, and he seems to have pulled the socks up uh, a little bit recently. And he's also, I think, the the Madrid game and how much time Kroos and Madras got in the ball. I think it showed um, that we missed for me and all that night personally. And I have criticised him in the past for his form as well, so um, it's not something that I. 
I did not an article of saying like oh, he, he should definitely play. I've definitely criticised for me and on his farm, but I think obviously the likes of them games show um like Kroos and Modric had so much time the ball in the position that you'd fancy for me to get around and and Harry and hassle them. Um so just like there has to be and I'm sure there is gonna be succession planning just whether it comes who moves on, when do we move on, what kind of players are linked to come in. like we don't sign kind of superstars the the club try and make them. Is it gonna be like a say for instance O'Shawnee is big on this fella Pats and Daka at um Salzburg, kind of a Eto man a type. So just putting it out there to you lads, what what you think? Um who who would you move one on or more? Who would it be and what your reasons would be for for that said player? Um Mark, we, we, we like we've bounced ideas around from three and had debates about it. Obviously you're a fresh face to us. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to get your insight on whether you think going into next season you would you would look to move one of the front three. Let let's leave Jota out of this because Jota's going nowhere. Um he, he's 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 on the upward trajectory that we that we hope continues. For the for the other three, I, I've been, you know, my view on Firmino is maybe he would be the the, the the guy you know you move on, but at the same time I'm not convinced I, I'm I can't get my head round what kind of transfer fee you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get for moving uh, Firmino on. I really I, I struggle whether it be thirty, forty, fifty, sixty million. Mm-hmm. I could be miles off with my assessment. Uh, the other two, I think, would be more realistic to get. You know, a good return, uh, a good return that you could then reinvest on a similarly good player. Where, where do you stand on the on on those three for next season? I mean. It's never an easy topic to talk about, really, because they're all they're all players that I absolutely love, you know, and yeah. they've done such special things for the club. Um, and but inevitably, you know, there will come a time where where the three of them together is no longer the no longer the best option for us up front. Um, I think there's a few things to consider, and as you say, money uh, unfortunately is is one of them, and um, and having having the money to reinvest in new players you're going to be looking for who's going to provide the the best return i'd say probably at the, at the moment given that he's he's provided us with so many goals for for three or four seasons now salah is going to be the one who's going to command the biggest fee i mean um you, but but the problem you've got there is how do you replace that kind of goal machine? Because that's what yeah. he is. The lads are an absolute sensation. Um, so, if it, uh, you know, you're going to be looking, if you're wanting to buy somebody ready-made to to replace those kind of goals in the team, well, you're going to be, you're talking about absolute fortunes because, there's you know, we all know the two names out there that um, that can provide those kind of goals for you. But we're not. I, I don't really realistically think that we're in for Mbappe or in for Haaland. I don't think that, I don't, and I don't think that they they they're going to come to us. No, um, after seeing Mbappe last week, that, that just decided it for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not. No, he's, 
He's absolutely not. I mean, uh, people, people, you know, there's uh, all kinds of wishful thinking about deals with Nike and all of, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's just not happening. He's he's one of those players who's. I I think he's gonna be, he's gonna have agents in his ear. They're gonna be chasing the money, and they're gonna go wherever wherever he gets the biggest payday. Um, so you know, they're not realistic things. One one thing that keeps coming into my head is. Are we going to continue to see a front three? Because I mean, it's 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 only a relatively recent phenomenon that we we've, we've got into this way of thinking where we have three players up front. You know, one spearheading and and one either side. Oh. It, it wasn't so long ago, you know, when I first started going to games regularly, they talked about you needed four strikers and there'd be there'd be two in the team and there'd be two that you rotated them with and it, but it but it was two up top and everybody you know everybody was very regimented in this way of thinking about having two strikers and two that you could two that you could bring into the team when when they weren't available and we now seem to have got very regimented in this three up top thinking because it's brought us success but it you know maybe that kind of fixed thinking is is perhaps what's found us out a little bit this season and maybe a little bit of experimentation with systems in at that end of the pitch i think i think could be um beneficial i can sit because i think we've got players in the team who can play as a 10 and we we you know we haven't had a 10 for for since coutinho went um but i think uh, you know curtis jones can be very effective in that role I think um, Tiago could be effective in that role. Um, Shakiri obviously is still on the books at the moment. He's another player who can excel in there. So uh, I, I wonder if, if maybe as well as thinking about who, which players are going to go and which players are going to come in, I think maybe we might start to see a, a gradual shift away from this three up top thing. Yeah, so uh, Chris Brack's kind of touching on that, expanding on that. He thinks we potentially move to a four-two-three-one. Uh, Gina replacement would be that number ten, um, uh, and maybe we look at a more traditional uh, number nine. Um, uh, dare I say, ha- Harry Kane? No, not no chance. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, Andy, do you see us? Um, do you, do you, which bracket do you see us shopping in when we come to add another player into that front line? Do you see us? Do you see us shopping in the Mbappe, Haaland, Sancho kind of bracket, or, or do you see us shopping in the bracket that is a uh, a Neto or a Saar or you know uh, some of these other, I guess, more obscure players who? Um, who you get shouts of every now and again? Like, which bracket do you think we're we're, we're going to shop in next season or in the summer? Let's let's assume we go out and get someone in the summer. Yeah, I think I think ha- uh, the emergence of Haaland and uh, the a lot of attention now lately on Mbappe is probably taking the um, focus off Sancho now. So I think he becomes a, a more obtainable player than he than he previously was. There was a while he was probably the most spoken about um, player to, to move. So I think that that's a realistic option now, Sancho. But I think 
nothing really changes as, as normal. I think the club and along with the backroom staff and the you know the laptop room, they'd be identifying <laughs> they'd be identifying uh, uh, players that none of us are talking about. Sean, he's got a good shout there with that guy. Um, he comes in and there's there's goals there. It's it's a lot different to what we have. Um, in terms of Bobby and playing a false nine, I think, I think yeah, how the four three three evolved under Klopp was by coincidence. I always say I don't think it was ever really the uh, plan to have three very solid, uh, st- like disciplined midfielders. In Wijnaldum, Fabinho, and and Henderson midfield, and to allow the fullbacks bomb on. I think as this as Klopp's next team before he he leaves in a few years is going to be a different shape and a different style. I think that's the the easiest way that the team can evolve. Trying to go out there and find the next Salah and find the next Mane. Imagine the pressure like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in and and they don't do Salah's numbers in the first few weeks, you know, uh, and the same with Manny. Like these are these are setbacks. So you bring in a player, you bring in players that are maybe suiting the evolution of the team, and I think that's probably the direction we go. As Chris is saying, I think it was probably the original plan, but then you just found that these players just excelled in their positions. That when Aldum, Fabino, and Henderson became absolutely undroppable. Um, <clears throat> Van Dijk and Gomez playing well and Mata playing well enabled the fullbacks to get forward. They got that protection and they became very creative. Like that's that's not a, a kind of a, a shape that you can maintain for a, a long time. And I think maybe we do go back to more conventional uh, shape that <clears throat> other teams across Europe are playing. So um but I say I say we still stick in that uh, that bracket. It, like I think by going out and and selling Salah or, or whoever money to finance a big massive deal is 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 a bad move. Mm. I think if a player like that does go, that you use it to strengthen in all areas, just like we kind of did when Coutinho moved, there was three or four top players uh bought from off the back of that. So um I think we stick we stick in the bracket of those players who do uh, seem up obtainable and let let the the clubs of the silly money fight it out for Mbappe because I don't think Mbappe or Haaland are gonna do as well as they as they are doing at their next club. I just don't you know, it, it tends to happen with those big moves. They never really live up to the money. And when Liverpool are looking at uh, what they can get uh, a player for maybe ten percent a ten percent drop off in quality of player for twenty five percent of the price that's just a lot more realistic, I, I think. But I don't think we're going to scrimp. I think that the, the Nike deal and once things get back to normal and there's fans in the ground again, they can start forecasting figures coming in and and they can they can look at what's what's affordable. We'll, we'll see we'll see them competing for players and and you know the wage demands that are out there. There's uh, an interesting scenario. Red Steve has has put together there. Elliot, Harvey Elliott going on loan to uh, to Leeds for a year next season to sweeten a, a deal for uh, Rafinha coming to Liverpool. Uh, Davo, would you uh, would you like to see uh, us bringing in a player like that? Um, assuming that we're not going Mbappe Haaland's territory. 
Uh, well, listen, it, it, that could um, there's a couple of different things, I suppose. Any listen, any time I've seen Leeds and Rafinha, he's been he's been really really impressive. Um, seems to play uh, off the right, which is obviously where Salah plays. So if you like Chris Brack was saying, a change to a four-two-three-one with Salah through the middle, maybe would free up that position if if Klopp is looking to evolve like that. But um, yeah, listen, any time, any time I've seen him uh, this year, he's been he's been really impressive, light, lightning quick, um, and unable unable to finish, and a real kind of I hate using these words like a Klopp signing. You know what I mean? Somebody that's going to come in maybe partially under the radar if you can ever really I suppose be under the radar or particularly now uh, if Liverpool sign you um, but like he could come in under the radar not one of these big uh, huge names that goes for ridiculous money um, and yeah listen it's like I'd be, if we sign him I'd be, I'd, it'd be definitely an exciting signing anyway yeah just on the Leeds theme, I mean, a conve- more conventional number nine was mentioned. Um, I think it was Chris who mentioned it. What, what about, you know, going back to more traditional strikers like a Patrick Bamford, do you think? Do you have- Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Don't dependable. Is going down that route again? Oh, no, no, well, not Patrick Bamford anyway. Like, I, like, like, I don't know about traditional number nine, but like number nine, Haaland is a number number nine. Lewandowski is a number nine. Like they, they're like the top. I wouldn't. Mbappe is not. Um, no, possibly, possibly, maybe he, he could play through the middle, or listen, of course, he can play through the middle. But we're talking about kind of a imposing figure. Um, I don't see us kind of going back, uh, going back to that. I don't, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't, I don't, I don't really see it because listen, I, I don't watch enough really like the likes of Chris Brack, and I'll be able to tell me more. I don't. I don't really hear it. like you, you hear of Haaland coming through. He he's the man, and I'm sure there are kind of you don't really hear the kind of that big centre forward imposing centre forward anymore. Really, that that the, that the big teams go after. So. I mean, Kumar says uh, Bamford Championship level. Funny thing is, though, uh, you wouldn't really have to go that far back where a player like Patrick Bamford would have been a potential realistic target for Liverpool, would you? You know, when a, a, a club that's brought in the likes of Peter Crouch and Andy Carroll, Jesus, it just shows you how far we are away from those kind of, you know, having to go and shop in those kind of um you know, sort of areas really at yeah. this stage. Um, I mean, just, 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 just coming back uh, to you, Mark. Um, I mean, look, we we've got to be we've got to be realistic. These like one of these lads is 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 going to go uh, sooner rather than later. Now they're kind of you know, it, it, in some ways, it'd be amazing if we got like another season out of them, and maybe. 
does the will at the club and you know the manager and the players themselves to say, look, this this season has been such an anomaly due to you know COVID and the injuries and what happens, and let's put this wrong right next season, whether mm. we're in the Champions League or we're, we're we're trying to add another one of those UEFA Cups, whichever way it turns out next season. Like, if you were a betting man right now, would you say? Uh, the front three, the, the traditional front three lads, uh, are still with the club next season. What would be? What would be? Which way would you go? I'd say no, and I'd okay. say I'd say we're. It's, I'd say it's between Mane and Salah. Which one would go? Um, okay. Probably, probably Mane. I think. Okay, and. Um, uh, because same the, question. As I said before, I just think that it's it's the problem of replacing Salah's goals. It's just for me, he's irreplaceable. So you'd say he's the least likely to. So you'd say Salah's the least likely to go, and who's the most likely to go? Mane. Mane. Same same question to you, Andy. Uh, do you, do you see the front three still being there next season? Yeah, I do. I I just think this isn't the season to make big decisions like that. Uh, I don't think you can take a huge amount from football this season. Uh, their the performances have been impacted by so many different factors. <laughs> like we still see the same, but I think we might we might see some of our successors being brought in. I think uh, <clears throat> Jot is absolutely uh, Firmino's replacement. That's happening as we speak. We can see he's he's more likely to start games now. And maybe during the summer we make a move for Rafinha or whoever, and they come in and, and start to slowly take um, <clears throat> Mane's place or whoever's place. I don't think they're going to demand big, huge, massive money like one hundred and fifty million anyway. So I don't think there's a rush on doing it <clears throat> right away. Um, so no, I, I I see them being there. I I I don't see too many. I don't see many of the eleven being. Talked about being sold this summer. I think there'll be a lot of moves out, but there won't be players who've, who've featured very much. I presume Bobby gets a rest in the summer, doesn't he? There's no, uh, there's no, no, South- no. South, South America's in shoot. I only listened to Tim Vickery the other day, and they've because they cancelled these World Cup qualifiers, they've a huge amount of games to get done for the World Cup qualifiers, and there's a Copa America in the summer as well. Yeah. So he was kind of saying that the, the smart thing to do would be to cancel the Copa America, but he said, come on the ball, get all their money in from that. There's obviously COVID issues as well. He went into it. He's actually, he's, he's one of the best people I love listening to on football, Tim mm-hmm. Vickery. He actually just said the, the issues, he says, for a start, he says, I think it's in Argentina and Colombia are joint holding it and they're on, they don't board each other they're on opposite ends of the continent. Colombian are banning Brazilian flights. There's no flights coming in from Brazil. Brazil are drawn in Colombia for their group games and all. He just said it's an absolute shit show from start to finish. And I listen, I, I don't know about rests for any of the... I, I don't know what's going to happen there uh, as regarding rest for uh, South American <laughs> players, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I thought, <laughs> you wouldn't want them going back, would you? Let's face it, given mm. the given the, the situation in that part of the world on mm. the pandemic front, you wouldn't really want the likes of Alisson and Firmino and uh, Fabino. You wouldn't want them 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 lads traveling back home over the summer, really, would you? 
couldn't like it's only your, you had nearly guaranteeing yourself someone to come back uh, mm. with a with a case of it and Alison. whether whether yeah, Alison and whether the players have uh, have been vaccinated by then, uh, who knows? Just on the, the 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 last point there, I think part of my topic was as well if like is it a situation where you see the club making a move where we're kind of surprised, maybe like maybe someone comes in and bids 55, 60 million, 65 million for Mane and the club kind of go, he's 29, we've been looking at replacing him. You know, kind of a surprise move that comes from left field where it takes mm-hmm. us all by surprise. And we're kind of, my point would be, I think Ferguson at United used to be renowned for selling at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael Edwards has got renowned for getting big money for average players. Um, and now we're going to kind of see, are we going to sell maybe some of our... Um, more established players that the club see are slightly under the decline rather than mm. before the fans will. And I just wonder whether that might be man air for me, you know, this summer, you know, where you don't think I'd probably be agreeing with Andy. I'd probably think they'll all still be there. Um but it like does someone come in with a slow bid of sixty five yeah. million for man and the club kind of think, well, we've been looking at this fella and Right, we'll go with that. In this, well, I, 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 this don't, way, I don't know the answer. To be honest, it's just put, put it this way: by hanging on to the, all three of them for a, another season, you 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 guarantee the fact that if you come to sell one of them in the in the following summer, that you're not going to get the same yeah, value exactly. for them because they're that year older. They've got that much more football in the mm-hmm. legs and so on and so forth. So they're going to have to be prepared to, you know, if they're going to sell in the following summer, they're going to have to be prepared to take a lesser value for you know, for whichever of those players. And I suppose the risk is if you hang on to them for another year, then you're possibly in more of a situation where you're not just moving one of them on, you're moving two of them on. Um, so you've got to, you've got to think of that aspect to it as well. So, so your, so just your final assessment, Davo, you think, you think they will, yeah, I think if I had to hazard a guess, like what Andy was saying, but this year that's in it, and more so probably to the to the point that Edwards probably doesn't think we'll get the money or won't be happy with the bids that come in. Maybe if someone is interested, because uh, but listen, we're all in kind of a COVID timeline, football included. Um, mm. Market for players, like even you talk about like Salah and Harry Kane, like who has the money to pay? In this day and age, or where we are now with COVID, who has the money to pay the prices that Spurs would want or Liverpool would want? So, um, I think I think the trading will probably still be there. But if one was to be gone, I would probably say for me, and I would be the one if one was to to go. He's probably the the, the least impactful in terms mm. of league. I think I think we can adapt um, to losing. Uh, for me, you know, with the right kind of replacement coming in and maybe a slight change of system or whatever. I mean. The, the 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 reality is I think you know Jota has been an an, a, a, an excellent sign and and unfortunately I, th- I, I you know I think when you sort of look back at this season if we do miss out on uh, top four uh, aside from the obvious uh, miss of Van Dyke and then obviously the the, the accumulation of centre back injuries you know missing Jota for that period of time. Uh, when we really could have done, you know, particularly through that stretch of sort of six home games, when we really could have done with them being part of the squad, part of the rotation, part of keeping lads on the toes and 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 chipping in with important goals, like that, that potentially could be, you know, the biggest uh, reason why we ultimately 
maybe four, a point or two short because mm-hmm. I'm sure with Jota around for all of those games, we would have accumulated, you know, points that would have had us maybe in fourth already. Do you know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. and people try and hunt us down, unfortunately. So, so look, we'll wrap up before we wrap. Before we do finish, we're just over the hour and a half mark. Um, thanks to everyone in the comments being put in. It's been uh, it's been really interactive as usual. We absolutely love seeing the comments come through, and I'm sure you get a lot out of uh, some of the banter back and forth. Um, I just obviously important being so many important games this season. But look, it's a massive game on Wednesday. I was listening to the lads last night on the Fatback Four. Uh, Keith was at the forefront of the predict an Andy esque type of prediction. <laughs> Uh, 4-1 win for, you know, fair play, Keith. Um, um, you know, you had uh, Shawnee at the other end of the scale who just absolutely thinks that uh, Madrid um, are, are going to, uh, gonna you know, it's going to be a rope of dope and they're going to absolutely sucker punches. They're just going to pick the moments uh, on Wednesday. And that's very plausible. Um just want to quickly go around. Start with you, Mark. How do you see Wednesday, and what's your kind of what's your prediction for 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 whether we progress or not? It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I think, I think, I think we we have got a chance. We, I think, if we if if we do progress, I think it will be with a two 0 win. That's the own. That's really the only scoreline I can I can see. Um, taking us through because um, I don't think we haven't got we don't seem to at the moment have more goals than that in us you know um, so yeah I think we've got to keep it tight at the back we've got to we've got to um, try and get our way through to half time preferably with a goal in the bag but but certainly with no goals conceded and then take it from there but yeah I, I think um, yeah I'll be optimistic let's say we'll do them too now yeah, brilliant. I like it. I like. I like the. Uh, I like the positivity. Um, Andy, what's uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think. I think. Uh... <laughs> 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 I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I'm not coming on and saying we're 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 uh, getting beaten. Now we're not two nil. Two nil. Um, look, uh, we're we're due a hungry performance. They they. This is this is our season now. You know what I mean. Um, if they can turn this around, there's going to be massive belief for the rest of the season, and that they can go on and and do something. They all of a sudden, I, I said that on the pod there that before the game, I couldn't understand the confidence going into it, and mm. now I can't understand the negativity going into it. It's kind of just mad, like these mm. fucking extremes that people live in. Liverpool are well capable of turning this game around with or without a crowd. You'd obviously fancy ourselves really strongly with the away goal going back home with a crowd. Um, but <clears throat> they're well capable and uh, I hope I hope there's a belief in it in the team that they can that they can do it. Um because Madrid can be got a with plenty of quality there to win two 0 Yeah. I mean um it's it I wouldn't expect any less, Andy, uh on, on your <laughs> side. Um Davo, don't know whether you caught much of uh, the game against Barcelona, but Barcelona really were in control of that game, and they did. You know, they 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 caught 
they caught them lovely uh, a couple of times and Barca came back into it and 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 obviously they 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 even had a chance at the end to to, to grab the equalizer um, I can see Shawnee's points from last night, but are you gonna are you gonna be sort of optimistic? Ah, no, no, enough of that optimistic show you did the last one. Get back down. Listen, um, I I didn't see the the classic. I was just uh, seeing Shawnee a couple of comments on it that but they kind of sucker bars a couple of times on the break. Um, I think if I kind of see where the game, listen. With a crowd there, I think we'd have a great chance. I think our, our biggest chance on Wednesday might maybe come from a little bit of complacency from Madrid. Mm. They're missing a few players. We were absolutely septic, particularly in the first half. We had a good 15 minutes in the second half. Then we weren't great either uh, after that. Um, so hopefully we can't play any worse. Well, listen, we, we will play better than we played in Madrid. I'm absolutely no doubts about that. Hopefully a bit of complacency. Uh, can set in. I can I can see us winning the game, but I can also see us maybe getting pipped with it, getting suckered with a goal, or maybe one nil up and chasing a goal, second one late and getting caught. Um, I would be doubtful of us going through. Yeah, be doubtful okay. of us going through. But listen, we are well capable. And listen, if we the crowd there, I think help. Listen, I'm sure you were at some of them games, right? In the Julio's game back after this heart attack, and where you needed to win two 0 the Olympiacos game at Gerard to win by two clear goals. Anfield just has some magical uh, nights uh, from them days. But look, the crowd isn't going to be there, so it's it's going to be a big ask. Yeah, it's a shame. Obviously, there's some level of restrictions being relaxed today in the UK. Uh, it's just a shame that obviously we couldn't least get a few thousand fans in 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 for that game, or they would have been able to kind of exert a little bit of influence and whatnot. Um, and it would have been, you know, even seeing a few thousand fans would have been a massive boost for the players, uh, manager, a bit of extra motivation. Um, to, to go and do it, uh, you know, for, for 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 those fans who'd have been looking being there. Personally, I, I'm I'm being I, I'm on the realistic side of things. I, I I like I don't think Madrid are any great shakes, um, uh, and, and I, I'm really hoping that if we can keep it tight in the first half, then we can potentially um, do it in the second half. Um, because that game that must have took an awful lot out of Madrid the other mm. night. You know the, the the conditions were horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I've never seen football match in Spain played in those types of conditions. It was unbelievable. It was a piss of piss and rain, was it? Oh, the swell and rain! Yeah. And, oh my god! And that stadium, because it's small, it's very exposed. Like they were just getting hammered out of it. I mean, Messi at one stage, there was a stoppage in the play, 70 minutes. Messi just went over to the sideline and just got his shirt and his undershirt changed for a for a for a dry one. Like it was it was it was absolutely mad. So I'm hoping maybe that did take a lot out of them. If we can keep it tight and we can get into the second half. A situation where we only need one more goal, but I mm. do fear that we'll get caught um, at, at least on one occasion. So um, I'm going to predict a win and maybe fall a little bit short. But I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope we can. I'm hoping we can keep yeah, that clean. Sam, Sam, I really hope we can fucking deal with Yeah, yeah. So look, that's been the forum. That's been um, that's been our Monday night show. There'll be plenty more. This week, obviously, um, 
there'll be some more uh, previews ahead of the uh, of the Madrid game. I'd imagine the uh, midweek fix on Wednesday will actually be a uh, a match review format. Um, and then as we get later into the week, uh, you'll get your uh, normal. Uh, show on a Friday with uh, with actually I have to say I've listened to that a few times great selection of lads from different uh, fan bases Villa lads Leeds lads um, really really do add uh, a good bit to Chris's uh, Friday night uh, forecast show so um, big thanks obviously to Andy and Davo but an extra big thanks to uh, to Mark uh, for showing off uh, is brilliant banners, but but even more so for sharing uh, and being honest uh, about his journey over the last few years and particularly the last 12 months. It's obviously been a tough uh, 12 months or so for, I'm sure, everyone who tunes in. So to find a bit of inspiration about a lad out there um, who's actually uh, turned uh, things around over the last 12 months and, and producing some brilliant work Hats off to you, Mark. Brilliant to have you on, yeah? Thanks very much. Cheers. Really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Yeah, good stuff. Right, so uh, we'll see you next Monday. Might be a complete shake-up. You know, you never know. Uh, Neil Mellor might might, might (laughs) pop show. Andy's best. You know, we don't name drop that much, but Neil Meller is, is no biggie, no biggie, no, no biggie. Fr- friend, friend of the pod, friend of the yeah, pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Oh, oh, Eli, Eli is being friend of the pod, right? Yeah, long <laughs> so, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. See you later. Attention, Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.